the beginning of the job interview process, you're just a piece of paper. Another resume submitted for the gig. You get piled up with the other papers and before you even know it, you've been placed into one of two piles, the no's or the yeses. This is the show all about getting you into the yes pile. Hey, welcome to the Yes Pile, the show that helps you transform your professional persona to land you where else? In the Yes Pile of candidates for your dream job. I'm your host, Tessa Wolf. I'm a recovering corporate manager turned career coach. I've coached hundreds of professionals in my career and I've interviewed thousands more. And now I'm here to help you navigate this brave new world and to provide you with simple and actionable advice for success at any stage of your career. My goal, help you land your perfect job and then kick ass at it. So whether you're putting off drafting that resume, actively on the job hunt, navigating hurdles in your current role, or considering a complete career switch, I'm here to share my best tips and tricks to position you for success. Hello and happy Monday, everybody. Uh, The sun is shining. There is a bird literally chirping right outside my window. Maybe you can hear it. This is a welcome reprieve after those crazy hurricanes and storms that hit the East Coast last week. I hope everybody stayed safe and dry and onward to a bright new week. So this week, at your request, we are digging into the top 20 questions you may face in a job interview today and my personal advice for how to perfect your answer. So just like we talked about last week, this is truly one of the most competitive job markets we've seen in decades. Did you know that on average, it takes 100 to 200 job applications before you get a single job offer? 100 to 200 job applications. And it takes an average of four interviews at the same company before you get that blessed offer letter. (laughs) So this is a lot to wrap your head around, right? And I want you to think about it from this perspective too. Today, each corporate job offer out there attracts an average of 250 resumes. That's 250 people raising their hand saying, hire me consider me for this job, but only one of them gets that job. So this is the time to get your resume, your LinkedIn, and your interview game on point so that you can maximize your chances of being that lucky one out of 250. And I want you to consider today's show one more tool in your toolbox for nailing that interview. So I have aggregated 20 of the most popular interview questions taking place in corporate America today, and we're gonna go over them. And this list is compiled from my own personal experience, a bunch of recruitment and corporate interview websites, as well as some blogs and hiring blogs that came out just in the past year from LinkedIn, Glassdoor, and a variety of other sources. So there's a lot in here, but these are really 20 questions that you very likely will hear on an interview. And I do want you to think about interviewing as um, something that has universal standards, like the questions we'll go over today, but also there's nuance in the natural flow of interviews based on who you are and what level of job you're applying for. So for example, if you are entry level, junior level, or even a mid-level role in your field, Your interview will largely be a skills check. First and foremost, they wanna spend time with you to understand that you have the skills, expertise, and experience required to do their role, and then some, right? And then once they're confident that you have all the experience they need, they're then gonna make sure that you're a right fit for the company. They wanna know, does this person fit in with our culture and our current employees? Do they actually understand our mission and values? And would they fit in here? Would they be happy here? Could we challenge them and grow them and keep them here long-term? And more often than not, when you're that entry to mid-level role, those culture questions and those aptitude and ambition questions kind of come in in that third and fourth interview, so kind of your final interviews. And those first one or two interviews are really focused on making sure that they can check the box next to your name, that you've done everything in that job description. Now, On the other hand, 
when you come in to interview for a more senior level role, they may ask you some skills and experience-based questions just to make sure that your qualifications are indeed aligned. And they definitely will ask you these if your resume is not crystal clear about what your key skills are. But when you're coming in to interview for a senior or a leadership role, the goal of the interview actually shifts. It becomes a mission to uncover your aptitude for leadership, your ambition for growth, and your philosophies on management, and basically a holistic approach to being a force within an organization. Because at that level, we can't really teach ambition. We can't really teach intuitive leadership. We can teach skills. I can teach you how to set up an email funnel, but I can't teach you some of those soft skills that really position you for success as a leader. And we're talking director, vice president, senior vice president, and above. So I always tell everyone when they're looking to do some interview prep, let's first start by understanding the role and the level you're interviewing for, and then prepare accordingly. If you're entry to mid-level, you should really spend time making sure your experience aligns with the skills required to do the job per the job posting. And you should really make sure that you have some specific real world examples in your back pocket of great work you've done that illustrate and animate how you've applied those skills to helping your company and the company's bottom line. And it's also important for you to understand for yourself what it is you're hungry to do in your next role. Not just the value you can lend day one, but what do you wanna grow into? What do you wanna become? And how can you start working literally week one, month one, year one, to take steps forward to that goal? Now, if you're coming in and interviewing for a director or a vice president role, I want you to understand the interviewer wants to hear more about your philosophies and practices for leading and growing teams and the business forward. And they would love some real world examples of how you've helped coach people forward and how you've helped impact the organization through positive innovation. And honestly, how you've been able to help shape the company's culture and productivity. And not one of those things is more important than the other, right? Innovation, process, productivity, and people, all of those things are gonna be really important when they're looking for their next leader. Now with that in mind and kind of understanding your individual roadmap, there are some remarkably common questions asked in the job interview process that you should know and then have a prepared answer for. And I literally work with clients where I make them write out on paper what their answers to these questions are. And it's not done to waste their time or have them overthink things. It's done because you only have one chance to make a first impression. And if they can iron out the kinks of their answer in advance of the interview and not memorize their responses, but actually learn them, So that when that question is asked of them, it's just muscle memory to recall their answer. It positions them for success at an alarming rate in comparison to walking in cold to an interview and going, I can just wing it. I either know it or I don't. Now, we're not making up answers that aren't true. So of course you know the answer, but refining it for message, impact, and time is what this is all about. So one of the things I encourage you to do after you listen to the 20 questions we're gonna review today is go back at another date with your notepad or with your laptop and sit down and map out your answer to each question. And then go back and read it and say, did I tell my story? Did I deliver impact? Am I aligned to what they are asking for in the job description? Is my mission and my skill set in alignment with what they need? And am I able to answer them and tell this story in a small amount of time? And that's going to be key. So consider this walkthrough phase one to your homework. The actual homework is you going back and crafting the answers that will break through for you. So with that, let's dive in. So the first question, and God, I think every single interview on the planet probably starts with a question that sounds something like this. Hey, how you doing? So why don't you tell me about yourself? Oh boy. Okay, the good old tell me about you question. Now, the first thing I wanna say is guys, they do not want to hear about your personal life here. A lot of younger professionals miss this. This isn't this 
the opportunity for you to say, well, I'm from Seattle and I've got a daughter and a dog and a house in the country. That's not what they're looking for. They also don't want you to just start reading your resume. That's not what this question is. It's somewhere in the middle. This is the story of your personal brand as a professional. This is your brief but impactful professional introduction. Who you are, what you do best, and the value you're gonna bring to any organization when you walk through that door. And then I always like to have my clients punctuate this answer with what they're looking for in their next challenge. Because this question isn't just a, hey, tell me who you are. It's an opportunity for you to give the interviewer a frame of reference for the value you're bringing. And it really creates the foundation for how they review every answer that comes after this. So the way to win here is to really tailor your answer a bit, just a bit. We're not fibbing, we're not stepping beyond the lines of the truth, but what you wanna do is highlight what you know this employer needs and keep your answer streamlined and specific as it relates to the job you're interviewing for. A big mistake a lot of folks make when they're doing interviews is they just talk about themselves and they forget the context that they are sitting in that chair or on that Zoom screen talking about a very specific role. So I want you to think about the things you do best and then refine and define that answer through the context of the role you're applying for. And again, brevity is important here. I want you to, of course, take enough time to answer that you start to build a little rapport and demonstrate your personality. But this is an elevator speech. It's more of a personal version of the killer bio you've probably crafted on your resume or your LinkedIn. It's a version of your story, who you are, who you've been, what you're looking for next. And again, in this instance, it really creates the lens from which they'll view all of your other answers. So let's make sure that you're hitting them over the head with the things you do best and your key skills right out of the gate. Now, the second question here is, why are you considering leaving your current job? Now, for a lot of folks coming out of the past year and a half, it's because they don't have a current job, right? Thousands, millions of people have been laid off or fired or companies have closed because of the pandemic. And a lot of folks are still out there looking. I think it's perfectly okay to let them know that because of COVID, your company downsized or you were furloughed or the company closed. Be honest, be candid. You don't have to belabor it. But if you are one of the lucky few still employed and you're looking for something new, the thing here is to really focus your answer on the fact that you're looking for growth and an opportunity to demonstrate your value. You definitely wanna be sure that in this instance, no matter how bad your current company is, you are not trash talking your current or former employer. That is a giant red flag to say, well, you know, I really don't like my current boss and he's not giving me opportunities and he's just not a nice guy, so I'm looking for something else. That's not gonna do anyone any favors. In fact, it's gonna red flag you as someone who's maybe lacking a little bit of professional polish when it comes to how we do and do not talk about work. So what I want you to do if you're in one of those kind of toxic work situations, and that's really the impetus for leaving, I want you to instead reframe it as a positive that you're looking ahead to new opportunities where you can join a team that wants to help you grow. And you also are looking for a team where you can best apply the things that you do better than anybody else to help that company move forward and to add value to the bottom line. And one thing you can do that works really well here is, you know, while the answer is supposed to be about you, don't make it only about you. Compliment the work, the product, or the ambitions of the company that you're interviewing at and say, look, the things you do here and the team and culture you cultivate here really appeals to me. So when I think about looking and expanding and growing beyond where I am now, I'm looking for a company just like yours to be able to do that at. What that does is it creates a really nice little marriage between what you desire and what they're offering and lets the interviewer know that you might be a great fit for their culture. All right, question three. And this is one I know I always ask, uh, and I think most interviewers would. What was it about this specific company and role that inspired you? Now, this is one you really want to have an answer perfected for. What they want to know here is that you've done your homework that you know who they are, what they do, what they're all about, and you know the ins and outs of the role they posted. And this isn't just another job that you clicked submit on, but this is truly a place you want to be. 
and a role you're made for. So the best way to answer this is to play back with authenticity, the elements of the job hosting the company and the opportunity that truly sparked for you and spend some time on that. And again, you need to position yourself as, well, here's how I can add value. And I'm very eager and excited to do that because the interviewer wants to hear that you are going to come in and help them achieve their objectives. Question four, why should we hire you? Or sometimes they'll phrase it as, why are you stronger than any other candidate we may be meeting with? And here is where you really need to know your worth, right? You need to tell the interviewer the things you do better than anybody else. I always recommend you pick three things and you really focus on those three things that you really kick ass at. They're your three secret weapons. And I want you to be confident in sharing that. Position those as if they are your unique value and then relate them to the position you're applying for. Do not tell the interviewer to hire you because you want to learn. That is one of the biggest red flags I get even with the most entry level of folks. Companies need employees that can do the work, that can drive the business and make an impact. That doesn't mean they won't train you, that doesn't mean you won't be learning, but don't position yourself as, you should hire me above everybody else because I want to learn. No, you should position yourself that you want to hire me above anybody else because I have the ability to get the job done. And I think it's fine to add some entrepreneurial sparks here, right? Uh, I'm really eager to find a home to apply everything I know and learn from other amazing professionals that can help me grow into a great supervisor, manager, leader, whatever our next step might be. That's absolutely fine when we're talking about learning. But the key here is to sell yourself by sharing and celebrating your own strongest skills. And actually this weekend I was doing a, a resume workshop and somebody asked me a really brilliant question. Somebody fresh out of school with not a ton of relevant work experience in their field. When it comes to that first or second job and you're trying to say, hey, I have skills to do this job, but they're not direct, directly, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like they're not a carbon copy of what it says in the job description. Evaluate the work experience and the school experience you do have and look for some of those universal skills that are relevant to the job you're applying for. And we talked a lot about this when I was working with him. So things like being really organized, being a great interpersonal communicator, being a problem solver by nature, or being really proactive with teams. Things like that, you can lift and shift and apply towards any job. So if you're just starting out and you're like, gosh, I actually haven't had the job experience to do this, that's okay. Instead, position and sell yourself based on those things you maybe did in a different job. That could have been an internship, or maybe you volunteered at the school radio station, or maybe you worked at an ice cream shop all through high school, every summer. There are things you've learned through jobs, volunteer work, and school that are relevant to the jobs you're applying for. So start there, focus on soft skills that have some universal appeal, and talk about what you do best through that lens. All right, question number five that you will likely get. Walk me through your resume. And ugh, guys, I have such mixed emotions about this one. I think the person interviewing you should have read your resume in a lot of detail. That said, (laughs) well, I think they should have read it and they should know your resume before you even begin your conversation. I myself have asked candidates to walk me through their resumes when I felt like there were details missing that I wanted filled in. And listen, we all know when someone tells their story, it does offer so much more context and color than just words on a page. So if someone asks you to walk through their, excuse me, to walk them through your resume, that's what they're looking for. Don't read the resume. Tell them your story. Give them that context and color. Talk about responsibilities and accomplishments and your ambitions. Talk about what propelled you from one role to the next and talk about what you learned what you achieved, and then applied to each subsequent new job. And always end with where you are today and what it is you're looking for. Now, I say all of that and encourage you to tell your story, but of course, there's this caveat of time. Aim to have an answer to this question that allows you to tell your story in three minutes or less. Do not belabor it. 
Give the complete story with some additional insights that aren't on the page and then leave room for follow-up questions. This will require preparation and practice, but you can do it. You can definitely do it. All right, question six, what's your work style? So when someone asks you this question, they wanna know if you like to work as part of a team or independently or a combination of the two, and they wanna know how you tackle a task or an assignment. How do you dig in? When do you check with your manager? How do you get work done on time and above expectation every time? They literally wanna know a little insight into how you work. So think about this and how you'd answer that honestly, and then map out an answer that touches on all of those things alongside any personal nuances you have around what motivates you and what drives you and your personal productivity. Question seven. I love this question. What type of manager do you do best with? They may ask you this in a variety of different ways, but in essence, here we get a look into the prior question. It's kind of a compliment to that, but it really reveals a lot about the unique synergy that this candidate we're interviewing and the current manager need to have in order to work together best and be successful. My tip for this one, guys, is be honest. If you need a manager who's available and provides regular check-ins, guidance, and advice, tell them that. If you want a manager and do best with a manager who actually stays out of your business day to day until you raise your hand and say, hey, I need you over here. If that has worked for you and you've been successful with that, also tell them that. So I don't want you to just tell them what's easiest for you. I want you to tell them how you work best and be honest with yourself. How have you been most successful in the past? What type of manager has helped you achieve success in the past? And don't just think about day-to-day. I want you to think about the long-term growth you're craving. What do you need a manager to help you with in order to advance and move ahead as you desire? What type of feedback and with what cadence is important to you? And how do you want your manager involved in problem-solving as you get immersed in your role? These are all really important things to think about. And it's also good to be honest because a lot of times this isn't just a question to check the box, yes or no. This person is in or they're out. If they hire you, they're going to use this as a point of reference for how you're coached. So just think about that. What type of manager do you do best with? All right. Question eight. What do you consider the single most important idea you contributed in your most recent position? So this is an interesting question. Um, I myself don't ask this one often, but I saw this repeated over and over again in a lot of studies and a lot of resources. So what this is really honing in on is your ability to identify what impact looks like. What actually is something you did that drove impact? So there's a little self-awareness check here. So the thing I think you should prepare is... I know they asked for a single thing, but I want you to think about one to three specific things that you accomplished in your last job that actually have things that are transferable in skill set and solution to the job you're applying for. So let me give you an example of what I mean by that. If you are a broadcast journalist, but you're applying to be a writer at a newspaper, you wouldn't say that your biggest accomplishment was that you read flawless on-air reporting for a year. Because flawless on-air reporting is not a requirement of being a writer for a newspaper, right? Follow me? What your top contribution, the thing you're proudest of here, needs to be relevant and applicable to the job you're applying for. So I want you to review that job description again, remind yourself what it is that this job's responsible for, and then tailor your answer so that the thing you talk about that was the single most important idea you contributed to your last position is relevant to the one you're applying for, okay? And again, use that framework of they're looking for improved process, direct impact to the bottom line, and innovation, things that really helped the company move forward. All right, question nine. Give me an example of a difficult decision you've made in the last few years, and how did you come to that decision? So this is an interesting one because what this is really dialing into, regardless of your level and treat a senior level, is they want to check on your conflict management skills and your problem solving skills. Okay, so when you're thinking about an example to bring forward here, pick 
an example that's relevant to the needs of this employer again. But be honest about what went wrong. Don't belabor it. Give a quick synopsis of, oh, well, here's something that occurred or maybe that went wrong, but here's how I evaluated it, gathered the right information to make a decision, and then acted quickly to resolve. That is what they want to hear. They want to hear that you took in all the information available to you, that you took a minute to properly evaluate and problem solve, and then you acted. So I want you to think about, you know, if you had to elevate this to a higher level than yourself or notify folks like clients, share that you made the decision to do that and share the approach and the language you used to do it. And always, always, always spend the most time talking about how your actions contributed to the positive outcome or resolution of the situation. And also, if this was an incident that shaped how we handle things differently moving forward, then also share that. Being able to impact for the positive, company process and culture is always a big win. So when they ask you about a difficult decision or situation you've come up against in the past few years and how you handled it, think there. Think about positive impact, innovation, and process contributions. And again, tailor it to the context of the job you're applying for. Cool, question 10. We're halfway through and we're gonna keep moving at a clip here. What was the last project you headed up and what was its outcome? So this is an interesting one, especially for folks who recently have been out of work, but I think what they're looking for here is, when's the last time you really had your teeth in something? What was the last thing you were fully committed to and really working on and how did it go? And what they're looking for here is to understand the role you took in the project, how you potentially led it forward or how you were a key team player to get the work done. So what they really want to understand was the situation, the opportunity, how you really, really worked to action your role to drive results and impact the bottom line and move the business forward. And project can mean a lot of things, right? Because depending on what you do, it could be differently. Project could be a construction project. Project could be a client presentation for a sales role. Or project could be that you organize a conference for the teachers union. It can mean a lot of different things. But think about something that was momentous in that it added value or helped the company achieve a win of some kind. And then talk about your role in that and how you contributed directly to the success. That's what they're looking for there. So question 11, I do like to ask this question. Outside of this role you're applying for today, what does your ideal job look like? Now, I think this is a really interesting one because what they want to know is what are you looking for in terms of challenges and motivations? What's going to keep you excited and motivated and engaged day to day? Because they're asking themselves, does my job offer that to this candidate? If I hire her, is she going to be excited to do this job every day? Are we going to be able to motivate her and help her grow and keep her happy here? And I think it's also really important to talk about the things that you do best and the things that motivate you as a person. So those are things maybe outside of just the day-to-day, right? So for example, you may be very results-oriented and need kind of a fast-paced role where you can make decisions and advance things things forward. When they say, what's your ideal job? Talk about that. Well, for me, I thrive in a fast paced job. I love the opportunity to get my hands on the action, make decisions and inform things moving forward. Share with them that those are the things that you actually want to do. If you're someone who doesn't like having to speak in front of folks, doesn't like being the final decision maker, and you thrive as part of a team making collective decisions and kind of being the person behind the curtain, share that. Share with them what you do best, how you work best, and how that all needs to kind of come together through the lens of an ideal job. This is one where it's important to understand the job you're applying for, And it's important to understand that your honest answer does or does not jive with that in the company culture. And if it doesn't, I don't think you should be interviewing for the job. But my hope is that it does, in which this case, you don't necessarily have to frame it a ton for the context of the job posting. But you should speak from the heart about how you do best and the functionality of the environment in which you do best. 
Okay, question 12. Where would you like to be in your career three years from now? And they might not say three years from now. They might say 10 years from now, five years from now. What they're looking for here is to see if your aspirations fit the culture of the organization and if they include plans to stay there. Now, I read something just this morning saying that the average millennial will say in a job interview that they want to be there five plus years. In reality, they're moving after two. (laughs) That's okay. It's okay. You don't have to say, I want to come work here for 25 years. We understand that that is not always the reality of the workforce anymore. But when they say, where would you like to be in your career three years from now? The wrong answer would be to say, I want to be at your competitor. I want to be at a different company. Let's remove the company from your answer. The right answer would be to talk about the type of role you'd like to have, the role you'd like in leadership, how you'd like to see your responsibilities expanding, your purview increasing. Focus there. Focus on, well, the type of job I would like to have would be X. And if you actually know that job exists within this company and you're quite keen to stay there, talk about it. Say, well, I know you guys have a director of communications and gosh, I would love to be able to roadmap how I could get from this job to that job in three to five years. So my focus would be on acquiring all the skills required and gaining the hands-on experience to position me for success in a role like that. That would be a killer answer, guys. But if they don't have a job like that that you know of, or you really just want to continue to grow, regardless if it's at that company or another, talk about the position you'd like to hold, not whether or not it's at their company. Cool, question 13, lucky 13. Describe the work environment that would allow you to thrive in your next opportunity. So this one is huge coming out of the past year and a half, right? The status of where and how we work has shifted in a big way. And employees are key, employers are keen to know where you stand in the world of remote or hybrid work. Some people have learned they actually work best and are most productive working from home. Others have found they need that face-to-face human contact and they're hungry to get back to the office. So when they talk about describing the work environment that allows you to do best, I want you to be honest with them about the type of work dynamic you're looking for. They really want to know. Companies are definitely looking for individuals who are aware of how and where they do this best work. They want you to be self-aware because then you can make the decisions and they can help you make the decisions that best support you and your growth and the work you need to do to help the company. Their biggest fear when they ask you this question is that you're going to say yes to the job, right? Because you're desperate for work and then you're not going to be set up for success. So if you're someone who needs to get back to the office, who needs to get back with other people and you say, yeah, I'm good with remote work, then you take a remote job and you're struggling because it's not motivating you and supporting you in the way you need, you have not done yourself or the company a favor. So think about that. Think about the type of environment that you will do best in and be candid with your response. Now, I love this question. What is your proudest career achievement to date and why? That's question 14 on our top 20. What is your proudest career achievement to date and why? Now, be prepared to define success for yourself and then respond with details. So you can contextualize what made this a proud achievement and try to choose an achievement that's relative to the organization's need and values, right? So if this new job you're applying for, this new company really wants people who are completely self-motivated and entrepreneurial to just take pieces of business and run with it, then when you think about a successful moment you wanna brag about here, it should be through that lens. Or if this new job is all about writing big, bold marketing plans, and you actually got to do that in your last job, then bring that forward as your proudest accomplishment. What we're trying to do here is find some synergies between what you think is valuable and what the company thinks is valuable, and then position yourself as that key catalyst for making it happen. And again, specific example from your past, and maybe have three in mind, and then pick the one that is most relevant for this interview. Okay, this question I love, and I ask this one all the time. What feedback do you consistently receive from peers, colleagues, or managers? So what they're trying to do here is have you play back perceptions you think um, or have firsthand experienced about you and your work from others. This really helps them measure your efficacy and also the relationships you have with the people you work with, right? So I want you to think about what's relevant to the person interviewing you. 
More often than not, they are just checking to see if you're a great fit with the existing team when it comes to interpersonal dynamics. So share answers that are going to help them see you as a collaborative, effective worker in any organization. But talk about things that are real, things from your performance reviews, maybe things from your weekly one-on-ones with your managers, or maybe from your peers. If you're on a team and they're like, gosh, Tessa, you are always the best proofreader on the team. Those are the types of things you can share here. I would be really mindful to keep your feedback when they say, what type of feedback do you consistently receive? Keep it positive. I wouldn't say, well, my boss says I talk too much. <laughs> like, Let's really focus in on the impact and those positive trends and thematics that they would hear from folks when they spoke to your peers, colleagues, and managers, okay? Now, question 16, what are your weaknesses? Or another way of saying this, what are some areas that you'd like the opportunity to grow in? And I much prefer asking the question in the second way. What are some areas you'd like the opportunity to grow in? Because I think it allows you to take the armor off for a minute and be a little vulnerable while being honest. When we say, what are your weaknesses? That just has such a negative connotation. I think people shy away from being truthful. So when they ask you this question, it's not that they want to know what you're worst at. They really want to understand your own awareness for areas that you've not yet mastered, right? But the key here, guys, when you're prepping your answer is, Your answer cannot be one that directly demonstrates your ability to not do the job. So if you're interviewing for an office manager and they say, what are your weaknesses? And you say organization, (laughs) you've just ruled yourself out. So if you're interviewing for an office manager and they say, what are your weaknesses? Let's find you an answer that doesn't immediately cross out one of the key qualifications for the job. So here's a great example. This is actually a real one from a client I worked with. She says, Look, I know I have a hard time saying no to others' requests. I find myself always wanting to say yes because I want to support and help others. So to help myself stay really focused on my own priorities, instead of having to say no, I've created some protocol for myself that's helped me learn to play a consultative role where that makes sense or refer them to another resource where it makes better sense. That allows me to really focus on getting my tasks done while still supporting my team. Now, those are her words. I think she did a tremendous job of saying, hey, look, this is something I know I do too much of. I take on other stuff. I become kind of the dumping ground for others' tasks. But it's in me to want to help and support others, which is like music to an interviewer's ears. And then she says, I've created my own kind of protocol for evaluating these requests, which you're like, oh my gosh, she's problem solving. She's creating processes for herself to be more efficient. And then she goes on to further explain what the evaluation system is. Is it something she's gonna do, she's gonna delegate, or she's gonna point them in the right direction to someone else? Those sound like really reasonable and simple turnkey tools that she's implemented to help her do her job. So what she's done is taken a weakness question and turned it into a showcase of strength. And that's what you need to do for this question as well. Don't just say, well, I suck at copywriting, so you shouldn't hire me for this copywriter job. That's not gonna help anybody. Think about the areas where you know, maybe it's a soft skill related issue, you could do better, or maybe an area you're actively working on improving and doing better, and turn it on its head by twisting it with a proactive, positive approach that shows off other skills you have. All right, question 17. How would you describe your management style? Now this might not be for the kid fresh out of school, but this could be your second job, your third job, your fourth job. How would you describe your management style? Now, this one feels pretty open, right? It's also pretty predictable if you're applying for a manager role. With this one, it's best to be very thoughtful and very honest with your approach, right? So the thing to think about here is how you lead and motivate a team, right? So it's that cheerleader aspect, but also how you drive results, how you help people get their job done, and how you as a manager are responsible for that work at the end of the day, even though you're not the one doing the day-to-day. And I always tell um, clients and friends that are interviewing for manager, supervisor, uh, director level roles, spend some time looking at the language on the job description. And if you can pick up cues around leadership style or management style, Play some of that language back in your answer. My hope is it's in sync with what your style is, 
But I think if you're applying for a company that really touts their culture and they really talk about a coach role versus a manager role, or they really talk about we're all one team and it's a flat organization, you should be representing that same philosophy and language back in your answer when they ask about management style. And when you do, remember, there's two facets to this, that cheerleader role, how you keep people motivated and engaged and happy, and that uh, bottom line role, how you make sure that we're driving results and productivity across the team and that the work is really representative of what you personally would want to make sure is happening day in and day out. Cool. Question 18. Tell me about a time that someone on your team was underperforming. How did you handle it and what was the outcome? So I do ask this question quite a bit of managers and above. So again, if you are an entry-level role and you're not managing folks, you may not get this question. But for those who have one or more direct reports inclusive of interns, this is an important question to ask. Now, what they want to know is your ability to proactively address when someone isn't meeting expectations. A bad manager is somebody who is suddenly surprised that an employee has a huge mistake, a fire drill level mistake, or a manager who has some folks that aren't delivering and they just don't know how to address it. And so they don't. Those are really, really bad characteristics and likely that manager needs some coaching on their own, right? So when this question comes up, tell me about a time that someone on your team was underperforming. How did you handle it? That how part is key, handling it. (laughs) So you don't have to belabor, oh, well, I had this woman and she was always late and her work was always, you know, under par and she didn't show up for meetings. They don't need to hear all of the nuance of the problem. What they want to hear is the nuance of your solution and the positive outcome that came from it. So if you say, well, I have this woman who really wasn't engaged and wasn't delivering, so I did X, Y, and Z, you better believe they're going to say, and how did that turn out? And if your answer isn't, well, she actually became re-engaged because we put her on a plan and turns out she just needed more direction and more coaching and it became a huge success. If your answer isn't a successful solution, you need to rethink your answer. (laughs) So using the same example, if you put this woman on a performance plan of some kind and she didn't respond and you had to let her go, that's not a great answer for this question. What they're hoping to uncover is that you have the skills to help an employee move forward in a positive way when they're going through a time of struggle. And maybe they weren't a good hire. Maybe they're just seriously needing more support to get their job done. The interviewer wants to hear that you knew how to resource a solution and a plan, offer that employee support, and that you were able to turn it around. So this is a time to showcase a success story. Cool. Question 19. How do you handle feedback? So this most of the time is aimed at constructive feedback and sometimes they'll frame the question just like that. But what they want to hear here is that one, you've likely been given constructive feedback. We all have. But two, that you're an employee who proactively asks for feedback. That's something a lot of folks don't think to say here. If you get an interview question that says, how do you handle constructive feedback? I highly encourage you to say, I actively solicit feedback from my manager and peers so that I can get real-time input on how I'm doing and how I could do things better. That is music to a hiring manager's ears. You want to improve. You value the opinions of others, and you want to be the best professional you can be because you care about the company. That is what they want to hear. And they also want to hear that when you get feedback unsolicited, that you actually listen and take the time to process and then action it. And if you get feedback that doesn't make sense, you ask questions and ask for specific instances to help you contextualize that feedback and understand real world application, and then you apply it. And I think it's also smart to mention, particularly if it's coming from your manager or boss, that you go with positive check-ins. Hey, you know, I really took to heart that feedback you gave me a week or two ago. I've been working really hard to make changes and apply the learnings. Please let me know if you've seen a difference in my output or my behavior or my attitude because I'm really, really eager to make sure that we're getting that resolved. That is what they want to hear with this question. How do you handle feedback? All right, and question 20, which selfishly is my favorite question of all of these because it's about culture. What elements of work culture are most important to you? Now, I read 
over the weekend a study and I'm forgetting which one it might have been from the ladders but it was saying that something like 85% of employers say that creating an important work culture is a top priority for them but only something like 50 or 60% of employers are actually making it a priority for this business year so it's interesting because I think we all understand as employees and people out there joining workforces that the culture and the energy and the direction of leadership at an organization is one of the primary reasons we join and stay at a team. So when you think about answering this question, what elements of work culture are important to you? The things I want you to talk about here are the things that personally spark for you. If you're somebody who wants to feel connection and relationship with your colleagues, share that. If you're somebody who wants to feel that you are valued and appreciated and celebrated, share that. If you're somebody who's hungry for growth and learning opportunities, both directly relevant to your work as well as to your life beyond the nine to five, share that. Share the specific things a company could do to motivate and inspire and engage you. Because when you are truly all of those things at work, you're also working harder, you're more productive, and you're delivering bigger and better results every day. So when they ask you what elements of work culture are important, they really wanna know what's gonna motivate you to want to be here, to stay here, and grow here. And it's time that companies start getting honest answers back from folks. Okay, so something I do every week is take a real life question from you guys and answer it. And this week's question is a little different than normal. Normally I get tons of questions around how do I write this part of my resume or how many jobs should I be applying for? Is this the right title for me? But this week somebody actually asked me on Instagram, how did you become a career coach? And I thought, well, let's let's answer that. Let's take a minute and answer it. So the reality is much like all of you, my career path has not been linear. I started out, um, I pursued a degree in journalism with a minor in science, marine paleoecology to be specific, (laughs) which is oddly specific. So um, I did that, but then I was coming out of college at an era where newspapers weren't doing well for the first time. I know I'm dating myself with this. So I ended up working in radio and the way into radio was working in promotions and marketing. And so I fell into the world of marketing around 23, 24 years old and grew up through the marketing lens. And all of my school training in journalism, which was writing, communications, presentation, fact-checking, research, all of that positioned me well for marketing. So while it wasn't linear, it actually worked quite well. And I worked on brand-side marketing, media marketing, and then ended up at an agency, which I loved and stayed on board for about seven years before transitioning to an operational role at a different agency. And through that journey, In that operational role, I learned I really loved building teams and building training programs and culture programs and cultivating um, energy and synergies across people and smaller teams within our larger organization. And so I took some time off almost two years ago to have a baby. And during that window had this aha moment of, wow, I think the thing I do best where I lend the most value anywhere regardless of where I'm working, is actually in cultivating and growing people and talent and teams. And so I started coaching and it happened really organically before my aha moment had even completed itself. Some former employees reach out to me for help. Hey, can you help me tackle this problem? How do I have this conversation? Can you help me with a resume? And I have been helping people with resumes on the side for over a decade because writing, as you know from my school training, comes easy to me. And so a coaching consultancy was truly born and formalized um, in 2019, 2020. And so the pandemic brought on the need for more coaches and resume writers and, and people helping. So I really formalized it, made an official business instead of a side hustle. And then most recently, some of you know this, but I've actually taken an in-house job doing more of the same, really focusing on helping an organization cultivate culture that motivates and inspires their employees and then creating plans to set those employees up for long-term success and growth and engagement. So it's really a fascinating journey, right? Because 
um, what I have done, what has directed all of my pivots. And I think the lesson that I want to share with you guys in sharing this story is I really didn't worry about my title or my industry or even what the output of my company was. I consistently honored where I knew I was motivated, where I knew I would wake up excited to do work, and where I knew I could actually make an impact. It's that intersection of skill and joy we talked about way back when in episode one, and that is actually my first conversation I have with every coaching client. I really pursued the path of what brings me joy and where do I help others the most? And that's what brought me here to you. So thank you for that question. I thought that was a really wonderful opportunity to tell a little bit more about my story. And I hope something in there resonated with you. So guys, if you have a question for me about work, interviewing, anything, resume, career, work, advice related, hit me up. You can email me directly. I'm always reading your emails. Connect at tessawolf.com. Or you can hit me up on Instagram. I'm there every day at the Yes Pile podcast. So Next week, next week, next week, next week, we are back on Monday with another show and it's actually going to be a slightly different show. I mentioned side hustle earlier. I really want to talk about transitioning that side hustle to a full-time gig. I know that feels scary in 2021, but it's a real thing. And I actually want to tell you the stories of some really inspirational people in my life um, that have done just that, that have taken their passion and the thing they stayed up till 2 a.m. working on and lost their weekends tinkering away on and turned it into a full-time career because I think that there's some really cool inspiration and lessons we can all learn from their stories. So next week is all about the pivot, turning your side hustle into a full-time gig. You won't want to miss it. Before we go, if today was at all helpful for you and you learned something from the work we did together, please do me a favor and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you're feeling extra inspired and generous, please give us a rating and review. For more career advice, inspiration, and fun, follow us on Instagram at the Yes Pile Podcast. Until next time, cheers, everyone. <laughs>